Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solo line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. Welcome everybody, it's Annalena here and I have a very special guest. So actually it's the very first male guest that I have on my show and I'm super excited because mainly my podcast has been very, like lots of women on there, right? So, but today I have the amazing Jake Loveland here with me. So welcome Jake, I'm so happy to have you. Um, Thank you, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be the first. Hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully I'll... I'll I'll set a good precedence uh, for for those who follow. Yeah, yeah, because we have a little bit of in the spiritual world. Um, it's mainly women, right? Let's be real. So, I right. actually like a while ago I talked about. It, I was like, I would love to have a man on my show, you know. And then you happened to ask me, and I was like, Yeah, of course, come on, because I was on your podcast. So, um, before we dive in, let me just quickly introduce you. But I, I kind of let you do the most part for yourself. But sure. So Jake had reached out to me a little while ago uh, to be on his podcast, because it's called the Tenaciously Human Podcast. And you can still correct my German accent. Um, <laughs> but on this podcast, it's all about this work-life balance and also like a faith and spiritual aspect as well. Um, and you, are, you work with small business owners as well. You have quite a nice career path already behind you. You're a father of five. And so really, you're all about finding that balance, you know, with yeah, having success in the business world, but also, hey, I have a life, I have a family, and that's just very, very important for me. For me. So I love that message. Um, as well as your last name, I just told you, right? Loveland and just sharing more love with the world. That's just so beautiful because let's be real, like words carry a lot of power energetically. Yeah. So yeah, why don't you also share a little bit about yourself with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a long time been a passion of mine to understand this relationship between work-life balance and you know wild, ridiculous, absurd levels of success. I've spent a, a lot of time researching and studying those those uber successful people that we look up to, and, and a lot of times we we only see the extreme examples. Uh, we don't see the, uh, the people who are pursuing kind of a holistic point of view, right? So for example, um, Kobe Bryant uh, in, the, in the sports world, we hear about his 4 a.m. workouts, but we don't hear about the time that he spends with his families, yeah. uh, you know, with his family, with his kids, his, um, you know, foster those relationships and so it's just stuff like that I, I i want to shed some light on the fact that 
yes, you can be successful in whatever your field is. And that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your faith or your family. Again, however you define those two things. And Mm -hmm. it is, it has been so fun to talk to so many different people about this topic because it doesn't get a lot of limelight typically. And Mm -hmm. it is something that almost all of us uh, are are really passionate about once we, once we get down to our core. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And as you were speaking, I actually have a question for you. Like what do you do? Because you were saying you studied these highly successful people, like, what what does success mean for you or like when you were looking like what okay this is a successful person because of what that is a that is the question really you know how do you define success and and originally i was just looking for people who you know had what i defined as kind of a worldly success where they were top of their uh, industry their career you know people who were exceptional at what they did professionally um, a lot of what I do is with businesses. So I looked at a lot of CEOs and founders and executives, mm-hmm. uh, at companies and, you know, those companies that were, were doing well. And I, I didn't have a exact criteria initially, but what I realized, um, as I've done more and more research in this is that success is professional success, at least is 100% defined by you as an individual. And I would say other aspects of it as well. But one of the things I do with all of my clients is define what success looks like for them. So when they come in, we start working, we want to figure out what success looks like for them, because it's going to look very different than it does for me, or than it does for somebody else. We have this uh, tendency in this day and age to chase after the latest Instagram or TikTok trend, you know, and and see, you know, hey, this person looks successful. I want to do what this person does. Mm-hmm. And if you chase other people's dreams, you end up kind of uh, floating around and, and just chasing different things because it's always going to change. You got to figure out what that success looks like to you. And that changes, I think. You know, originally my success for myself, my professional success, I wanted to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. At this stage of my life, I, I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to, you know, work for a big company like that. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to work for a smaller company. That, that's where I feel like the greatest impact I could have is. So it just depends. It just depends on what success is for you. And you got to figure out, you know, we, we talked a little bit about kind of human design, but, you know, figuring out through a lot of different tools and, and, um, introspection, reflection, figuring out what it is that you're on this earth to do, what your skills are, what your focus is, and really defining success for you and not by anybody else. Yeah, I mean, everything you just said, I was like, speaks to my soul. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, because because I can so relate to it. Like when I started, I was just like you and this, like I I didn't want to work, I'll be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but I was like, I want to work for McKinsey or I want to work for Boston Consulting, right? I want to like, and it was mainly like, I thought growing up, it's the money. That's what success looks like, right? And then I learned over time that, well, it's not really, it's not really the money, right? It's really, like you say, what, what fulfills you, what is actually something that you know, it works for you, but maybe for nobody else, right? Because there's so many other ways 
like you say, yeah, I'm not going to get onto TikTok, for example. <laughs> there may be people crushing it, but no, thank you. That's yeah. definitely, definitely not my cup of tea. Um, and yeah, so since you brought it up, you started to talk about human design, right? So yeah. And, and, and that's actually, especially for anybody that's listening. So you personally don't know much about human design, but it caught your interest, right? When you heard me talk about it and we spoke about it on the podcast because everything that you just mentioned about how it looks different from people, like you already know inside what human design is actually about. Yeah, I, th I think that's what really stood out to me. And, you know, I, again, I don't know very much about it. I view it as a, an awareness tool, as a way to mm -hmm. understand better, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I view it as a way to better understand, you know, my unique skills, my unique attributes, qualities, personality, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But everything is, is, we're all so unique and we, we do ourselves a huge disfavor when we put ourselves in this box of, well, this is what everyone else is doing. So this must be what I should do. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk a lot about work-life balance and that is not going to look the same for you as it is for me and, and somebody else. But we all assume that a work-life balance means I work nine to five and I have weekends off. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it, and so yeah, I, I guess I view human design as a way to better understand what makes me me, what's unique about me. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a tool I'm I'm interested in learning more about. Okay, awesome. So um, I'm especially excited about this now because I ask you right, like, because we had our recording for the podcast last week, and as you shared, I want to know more about human design. So it's like, why don't we look at your chart? And, and again, you don't know much. I did send you your chart last week. I sent you a little bit of info about mm -hmm. the type. So you are a 2-4 generator or alchemist, how it's being called in quantum human design. Um, I myself am a 2-4 profile myself. So are you ready? You want to look at your chart and talk a little bit about? Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah, so... It, uh, okay. it looks crazy to me. Uh, when I, when yeah. I first looked at this chart, I looked like it was some sort of quite honestly, what I thought of was the flux capacitor uh -huh. from, uh, back to the future. That's what I thought of the, the movie. Uh, when I saw this, this image, I have no idea what it means, but yeah, please let's dive in. Okay, perfect. So let me just, um, and I know, so this is going to be on my podcast. So, but I will create also a video of this episode so people can access this so they can actually um, look at the chart, at your chart. Um, and let me tell you, can you see it? Can you see it fine? Yes. Okay, perfect. So this is you, right? And you're like, what does this all mean, right? Yeah, I look, I look good. Right? Very colorful, yeah. lots of numbers, lots of shapes. Lots, I mean, you have something of everything. So... Yeah, so the first thing in human design is we talk about the type and the profile. So the type in the traditional human design, your type is called a generator. In, in quantum human design, which usually people love that word so much more, it's called the alchemist. So we can stick with that if you would like. Um, so you turn things into gold, right? Eventually. Yeah. Um, the, the alchemist is, is one of my favorite books. I don't uh, know if you've it? read that one. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I haven't read it fully, but I'm very much aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like the title <laughs> again. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but yeah. So that's, that's beautiful. So 
the thing with being an alchemist or generator basically means that we are not designed to make things happen from a place of like, oh, I have an idea and let me just do it. And let me explain that to you because it can be a little yeah. bit confusing. So, because you may know from yourself, we have lots of ideas coming constantly. And sometimes it's like a lot or may even feel like a little bit of pressure. Um, and this is also because you have some of the centers. We, we cannot go into depth with everything right now. Sure. Um, you have this energy here, your head and your ajna, which is just like in the chakra system, right? The head center, the ajna, you have it undefined. And that basically means that you can take on ideas and thoughts and thinking from all the people around you and you can amplify them. And it, it can literally feel like pressure sometimes, like I need to do this, I need to do that. And, you know, and then we can be frazzled all over the place and do all the things, but not really get anything done now. So let's say even for bigger things, you have this idea and let's say, I'm just going to hypothetically put it out there. You have this idea of, I want to create a documentary for Netflix about work-life balance or something like that. Yeah. Right. And like, you would like maybe jump into right away because you have the idea and call the people and try to make it happen. And then it's kind of hard and doesn't flow as much as you want. And the way it works, so what, what human design is teaching us is that the first thing is like, the mind is not here to make any kind of decisions. So if you have a big idea, just write it down on a piece of paper. It could be like Jake's list of ideas. And then you kind of lean back and like, okay, if this is meant to be for me, let life show me, right? So, and this is what we call, so you will see this in the human design terminology, like your strategy to make decisions is called way to respond. So we had this, now you had this idea, but you literally, you say, God, universe, I'm not going to force anything. I trust, I wait. Like, I feel like I'm really excited in the moment about it right now, but let me wait. So then you, you kind of let it be, you go on with your day, with your life. It's almost like you forget about it in a way, right? And you just trust that if, it, if it's meant for me, then there will be something in my outside world showing up that I can then respond to. So this could be, and there is no like time frame. It could be two seconds later. It could be a minute later. It could be a day later. It could be weeks or months later that maybe you go to a business meeting and there is somebody from Hollywood or something and they see you and like oh my god I listened to your podcast amazing like I was wondering do you want to create a documentary for Netflix and then now you Jay can respond like and it's like the response comes from your belly your gut area so all the generator types which is about 70% of humans they have that feeling in the gut so it's like this if it's if it feels right it's like an expansive feeling it feels like really light and it, it's like you know when a kid is really like happy and turned on by life and just like oh my god this is so much fun and you have the spark in your eyes yeah so and also you on top of it like you have this spleen defined which is the center for for the for now like you are also now you just know in the, in the now you just know right so you have that on top of it but if it's a big decision for you, like let's say your sacral responded with this, yeah, this is usually like an uh-huh. It's like an uh-huh or uh -uh. like if it's a no, it's kind of a dull contracting feeling. And it takes a little bit of time to get in tune with that. Um, 
And what really helps you train this SQL sound is yes or no questions. So for any generator type, yes or no questions, they work really, really well. Like, do you want to have pizza? Uh-huh, uh-uh-uh. You want to have a salad? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, right? It's like, that's how you can kind of practice it in daily life. But now for you, so you have the sacred response, you have something that we call emotional authority. Um, and that's actually very, very important to look at because this is 50% of humans have this. And what this means, so this can is- I, Can because, I pause you really fast? Yeah. Yeah, so going back to the sacral response mm -hmm. that, you know, that yes, no response that I, that I have to things. Mm -hmm. um, is that, is that, does everybody have that? It's like 70% of humans have that SQL defined and they were very similar to them. Like same for me, I'm a SQL manifesting generator. I also have a SQL response. Yes, They're, the other 30% of types, they're also, but it's a feeling always in the body for the other types, but they may sometimes not feel it. They may feel it more subtle in, in some slightly different area, not necessarily in the gut, more like the heart space or the spleen, or sometimes they may need, may need even more time to talk things out and then get clarity over time. So for every human, the decisions never come from the mind. So it's, Interesting. it's, below, yeah. it's below the throat, basically. It's, it's down in the body. Um, yeah, good yeah, question. I, yeah, I would, because I would say, that is exactly how I make decisions. Uh, the, the yes, no thing that you talked about. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't use the same vocabulary. I would use that as, you know, uh, intuition or, or revelation to describe it Yeah. Uh, in the past. But yeah, I feel like that's how I make decisions is asking myself these yes, no questions. And if I feel good about it, great. If, if, I, if I don't feel good about it, then I, I, I know I'm not supposed to go that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's actually the thing, like, so, and many people tell me this, I was the same way, like, I was like, okay, I already knew this. But now I got that confirmation kind of in a way that, oh, okay, I can actually trust myself. So we, we become more confident and like, because many times, because we are humans, right, we have this, like, you have the gut response, and like, I want to do it. And then the mind starts to kick in the fears pop up. Uh, probably show me doing it doesn't make sense right now the stuff that creates the biggest leaps the most magic are the things that don't make any kind of sense yeah <laughs> yeah that's definitely true i mean that's how i got into uh my career you know i was a an executive at this multi-million dollar company and uh you know traveling around the country doing you know, living the, living the corporate dream, uh, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like I needed to leave and I was kind of, it made no sense. It was logically just the craziest thing ever, but my gut told me to do it and it's been incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can resonate with that. It didn't make any sense and it was really, really powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's those things, right. Where society, like, why would you leave a top corporate job that pays a lot of money? Yeah. Yeah. So I love, like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I want to add on now one piece, 
which I would really love to hear how that lands for you. So you, you, we talked about this like gut feeling, the sacral response, right? Which you say mm. you already have been doing it intuitively. Now you have something that's called emotional authority. And this is because this center here, which is the emotional solar plexus, you have it colored in, we call it defined. And you have something that's called an emotional wave. In your case, it is that 3740 channel. So this kind of energy here, okay. um, which is in your unconscious, that's something maybe you're not so much consciously aware of, but I want to ask you. So basically the way this works is that, you know, when you have a big decision to make where you invest a lot of time, money, or energy, like this, this Netflix documentation we're talking about, right? That's kind of a big thing. Sure. And it will really impact your, the, the time you have for your family, or maybe you would have to travel. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to meet a friend for coffee and then I'm going to be back, right? So you have like, even though your sacral responded with a yes, the this emotional energy and it's a little bit different how it shows up for people but this in particular is is kind of like it kind of builds up internally over time kind of we don't even notice it and then we have this moment where we need to release energy in a way which can be a little bit like screaming or just getting it out and it's it's kind of like this burst and we may feel like there's something wrong with us but it's literally just like totally normal because it kind of builds up internally unknowingly almost like we we're not really fully aware of it and then it just it needs to be released so first of all i wanted to ask you does that even resonate with you uh yeah yeah i i do feel uh that that tension that needs to be to be released every once in a while mm. um yes yeah, screaming is, is a fun way to do it uh dancing i had a little dance party right uh, here in my office right before our, our podcast this morning oh cool i love that <laughs> um and it was horrible i am a terrible dancer and it it helped to release what, what are some other ways that you you typically see people trying to release that that energy yeah so first of all it's very important to allow it like that because it's i think especially for men we have this like don't be angry don't be mad and don't be sad in particular right because it could yeah. also come up as sadness and something that you're just really compassionate with yourself like well i just have some emotional energy here build up and that is who you are that is something that happens for you on a normal and consistent basis and so i i love what what you said like any kind of activity where you move your body if that's running, if that's walking, if that's dancing is very helpful. I personally also love the EFT tapping a lot where you, you can check out YouTube channels, you kind of tap on the points in the face and then you just say out whatever is on your mind, whatever you want to say. And sometimes it's kind of, yeah, words we usually say we shouldn't say, but not like pointing at a person, just you like you releasing them. Oh my God, I'm so frustrated today. Like, I feel like I want to scream, right? Yeah. Like, and, and not just from this intention of like, let me release it. That's how I feel right now. That's what is running through my head. Or I feel like I'm totally stuck in my head right now. Um, because we kind of touch on the meridian point and it's, it's actually about releasing. And we have such a conditioning around this positive thinking because our subconscious is really where the biggest show runs will really manifest and 
we're trying to control our thoughts through like, now let me force the positive thought. We're actually suppressing the feeling and the emotion behind it. So what I have found for myself and all the amazing people I've been working with, when we actually are truthful to ourselves and like, well, I feel really stressed today. I feel really mad. Like, why did this person just cancel the call or, you know, whatever. And we're humans. It's, it's okay to be angry. I don't have to call the person and scream at them, but I can be honest with myself that I'm pissed off or something. Yeah. Like that, right? Like, um, it's journal- so interesting. Yeah. Journaling. So interesting. Journaling's huge. I, I love uh, that's a big way for me to get my feelings out. It's just journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I do it on my computer. I've got a, a document that I just do all my journaling in and I just open it up and I just type and I don't edit it at all. Uh, I don't stop. I don't hit delete. It's just, you know, flow of consciousness typing. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful for me. But I mean, it, it's interesting you bring this up because it is so important to express our emotions and to work through them. That's honestly <clears throat> one of the biggest things I work through with my clients is emotional uh, awareness and understanding. And I think it's one of the biggest secrets to work-life balance that we don't ever talk about. Oh, absolutely! If you want to find work-life balance, you have to be able to release the emotions that you you know, pick up, you know, that, that come around as you go through a day of work or you go through a day of, uh, you know, raising a family, you know, you've got yeah. five kids, I the oldest being four. Yeah. Yeah. So for your listeners, I mean, my house is just absolutely ridiculous. It's chaos. It's, you know, we got the 40 year old, three year old, two year old, one year old, and then we got a two week old and it is just pure chaos. But if I don't learn to release those emotions, I end up carrying that emotional baggage from one situation to the next. Um, And uh, there's this common phrase out there. You see it a lot on t-shirts at like Target and stuff like that, but it says good vibes only. And I feel like that is actually really dangerous. It is. Yeah. That's actually it's quite out there now it's a term called toxic positivity Mm -hmm. um because again yes it's important to be positive have a good i think it's all i like to more say it's important to have a good attitude right Mm. yeah even though i feel like crap today i'm choosing to do the best i can but in this very moment this is how i damn feel because like this this good vibes only for me what this really means and i actually did a podcast episode about um rejection because we, we have this fear of rejection so much as humans and by the way that's a very strong energy in your chart as well um and we can talk a little bit more about that but what i have then realized is like if i suppress how i feel and i'm pretend i'm okay you know especially here in america it's just like how are you good how are you great really no not really Right. And if if somebody asks me, how are you? And I'm going to say like, well, I don't feel well. People are like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When people are asking, they're not really asking typically. No, it's more like, hi. Yeah. I don't want to know anything. I just want to be polite and say hi. So, um, but what actually happens when we are 
pretending to be okay or to be high vibe and we are not, we're actually rejecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's really invalidating to our emotions and to our, our, our situation in life and the feelings that we're feeling, whatever they are, mm -hmm. are, are real. They're, they're understandable and, and they're a part of who we are in the moment. And if we bury that part of us, uh, it, it's hard to not bury all of us. You know, okay. I think about, uh, I think we talked about this on my show, but I think about black and white versus color. Um, you know, if you're seeing in color and you decide to hide one of the colors, you can't really do that. You end up going to just black and white. So if you're hiding sadness, you're also hiding happiness. Yeah. You know, if you're hiding blue, you're hiding red, you know, and you kind of end up filtering your life from all emotions by burying some of them. And, and that's sad. And, and it's, it's really painful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I'm so happy that again, I'm saying this really intentionally, you as a man are so into this kind of work because I really feel, especially for men, it's so needed because there is this like, I think we all grow up like girls don't cry, boys don't cry, especially, right? Yeah. Like you got to be strong, right? Especially being probably also being a father figure. I mean, there must be, and I, I think we all carry a lot of burden on our shoulders and responsibility, right? But it's like, well, I better not be looking weak because it's right away. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Or like, but crying is such a healthy thing. I mean, we were equipped with these tears. This is our body's natural way of releasing something that's just there and it wants to be released. And sometimes I really believe it goes back to some ancestral stuff, even emotions, we can take them on in our mother's womb. You know, it's, it's, it's all energy. So yeah, it's, I'm so happy that you are so aware of it. And, and also looking at your human design, you are actually kind of showing this to the world. And like, the more you can allow your emotions and, and you have this, like I said, this, like it builds up internally, it needs to be released. That is something that will always be there. It's like, are we allowing it or are we fighting it? If we fight and suppress it, then it, it, it takes us over. And one more little tip that may be helpful for you with that particular, this, this wave that you have, that's how we call it in human design. A physical touch can actually be really like helping make it not be too abrupt. That's that's something with that wave also. Um, that is so. I'm just gonna invite you to to ask for it and claim that if 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 that you find or it resonates with you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love hugs. I think that's one of the things that uh, I have been blessed with and and i didn't realize how much i loved it i actually spent a couple of years in brazil mm -hmm. and they are incredibly hugging people they mm -hmm. love to hug everybody and i'm really grateful for that experience because it's changed how i view it and now i i, I can't get enough hugs you know i'm always hugging my family and my kids and awesome. and i think that's really vulnerable mm -hmm. i mean and we could talk about vulnerability as being, you know, one of the greatest strengths that we have. But I think, I mean, you talked about this expectation of men to be, to be manly, to be a certain, you know, way to, to show up tough. And quite honestly, I think one of the most manly 
things I can do for my children is to tell them that I'm sad or to tell them that I'm having a hard day or that I'm angry or whatever those emotions are. And just being vulnerable with them gives them permission to do the same. And, and I can't think of anything that is more manly, anything that is a better example as a husband or as a father than to be emotionally aware and emotionally vulnerable with my kids. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, honestly, like, I think this is one of the biggest skills in life and I wish we would be teaching that in schools. Oh yeah. That'd be amazing. I'll teach that course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to take one too. Like I never wanted to be a school teacher, but that one I would totally like, I'm here. I'm volunteering. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Beautiful. Wonderful. You want to hear a couple of other things? Please. I'm I'm curious. You mentioned the fear of rejection. Yeah. So can you talk to me about that? Yeah. So, I mean, look, all humans, I think, have that fear of rejection because we want to belong. We want to be loved. We want to feel safe. Right. That's just a normal human trait. But there are particular energies in a child where it can be like a more consistent theme. So one of the there's one energy in the gate, which is the gate 49, um, which you have here. And, and that energy is all about um, the, the lowest expression is that fear of rejection. So it's a very familiar energy for you. So mm. on top of it, you are a, so the profile in human design, and we have the same profile. I think I shared that with you. It's, it's, it's called the two, four. So the four line, and I'm going to explain both to, the, to you in a second, but the four line is again, in the lower expression, is that fear of rejection? There's the biggest wound basically of the four line is the fear of rejection. So, and again, I think I know it has been, it was one of my biggest ones to uncover, and I, I still sometimes have it come up, but I've learned to just when it comes up, I, I no longer reject myself because I, I, I really realized this very recently like, oh. I'm actually rejecting myself. I'm trying to please people because I don't want to be rejected by them. But that actually means I'm rejecting myself because I'm not honoring what I want or what I feel, right? So that was a big epiphany for me. So for you, like if this is something that you experience often, like be really compassionate with yourself. Well, here it is again. And I just feel really rejected. And and. Of course, if we, if we like get angry in the moment and we scream at people and point fingers, like it's not really helping, but when we can calmly speak our truth and like even voice it, it was very powerful for me just to, because let's be real, I was a little bit ashamed about it. Like I'm too weak. What's wrong with me? Like, why do I feel this? I shouldn't feel this way. Right. Um, and of course we all have like these childhood memories and stories like, I personally had an example where growing up where I learned that if I speak up, then people stop talking to me. So very deeply ingrained for me, like, okay, it's not safe to speak my truth because then people withdraw the love from me. Yeah. Yeah, So that's what I learned as a child very, very strongly. And so now being an adult was one of the biggest, um, shadows wounds for me to dive into and I was pretty painful at times but but going into that oh my god the magic that happens like you become resilient you become so much more confident and 
because you start to love and accept that part of you like of course i feel rejected <laughs> you yeah. know so. i love i love the compassion you bring up i think that's a skill that we lose um especially in today's culture but i think for a long time we've lost that ability especially with ourselves to have compassion yeah i i, I know well there is a specific moment in my life I can think of in fifth grade where I experienced rejection for the first time. And um, I, I probably experienced it before that, but that was a, a pivotal moment for me. And I have spent the last 10 plus years uh, in, among other things, pursuing a career in sales, which is 95% rejection. Oh, yeah. That is one of the, the best things to practice for Fallang. Yeah. And I feel like one of the reasons I did that was to, interestingly enough, prove to myself that I was worth it, that I could overcome re uh, rejection and that, um, you know, it was this constant urge to try and prove that I was worth accepting. Mm -hmm. And so every time I got a rejection, it fueled me need to try and find that that that, that acceptance um oh, that's but i also don't think i don't think i ever healed from that either it was uh i was using a weakness as a strength but i, I would love to do some more work on that and, and truly find healing there because then i think the strength would be even even greater but yeah but that's such a powerful story because that's exactly like you are aware like so now you're even more aware of it you're like okay, this is very normal for me that I even feel this. It's totally okay. And I'm just going to be like hyper aware of when it's showing up in my daily life because it, it can show up in our personal life. And, and especially in, in the close relationships, it probably will show up the most. Um, but it can also show up in business, right? Um, and just like I invite you, like when it comes up, just be like, just breathe into your body. Feel that it's painful, right? It doesn't feel good in the body at all. And just like, you, and then what I with the tapping, I usually do that. Like I tap on it and I just sometimes I start to cry, you know, but oh boy, I feel so much better when I just let it go and I'm being honest with myself, right? Yeah. Um, especially when it involves like, oh, I spoke my truth. I said what I wanted or what I didn't like. And then we get that rejection. It's very powerful to just be with it and, and love yourself for how you feel. And, and stop running after the other or like, oh, how can I make it right? How can you not reject me, right? Then we are in this needy, repellent space energetically. So, yeah. Yeah, I like tapping. Tapping's actually been very helpful for me. It's a skill I learned a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, um, I don't, not everybody likes it, but yeah, if it resonates with you, it's very, just like five minutes a day is magic. So consistency, mm -hmm. really, yeah. yeah. By the way, you have actually a lot of consistency in your chart. That's actually something you're here to talk about. So the, there's one gate in the chart, which is your conscious Mercury. You don't need to know. It's a planet, right? At the time you were born, Mercury was in gate five <laughs> in the profile line six. So that energy is all about fixed rhythms and patterns, but in sync with nature, right? It's not like they always have to be very extreme in a kind of a healthy, balanced way, but consistency, right? And, and a routine is, is gonna be actually very important for you, but also in your, for your business, what you talk about, this energy is 
that's what you're here to talk about, about the archetype of that energy, basically. So does that resonate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Routines are, are critical. Um, and when I'm sticking to a routine, I'm just way happier and yeah. way more productive. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and also, no, that's not for all humans like that, but you are definitely, you need that. Um, it's really, really important for you. Um, another thing is, so you're a generator. So being a generator, we are those people, when we are lit up by something, and by the mm -hmm. way, you always want to go with what lights you up. Right. Always like, you know, where you're like, it's like you're turned on by life in a way, right? And you can keep going and going and working a lot, but you have what we call, so this is the will center, which is the center for willpower and self-worth. And I have it defined myself, so I know very well how I feel. So we can push through things, even though our body's telling you slow down and rest. So for the defined will center, it is very important to have consistent times of rest. And, and that means, and again, like you said in the beginning, what it looks like for me may not be how it looks like for you, but for example, like on an afternoon nap, 20 minutes or a meditation or have a brisk walk in nature, like, but, but very conscious rest or every Friday afternoon you take off or once a month you have a weekend getaway or something like that. Like that is something for your health and your well-being. I mean, let me tell you, I need this reminder myself all the time so yeah i i i love napping uh that's my go-to no build but in... stop. it's not the guilt thing it's not what sorry did, did you say it's your guilt thing no no i just love it i love napping uh, okay no i i thought it was your like the one thing you shouldn't be doing but yeah that's because your body knows you yeah. need it yeah 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 I, I nap almost every day I'll take a nap. Okay. Yeah, um, no, that's so cool because I, I used to fight it and and now I, I do it and because I thought I'm lazy or I should have more energy. But with a defined will center, we push through so much that mm -hmm. we literally, we burn off, we burn out if we don't. So I love that you're doing it. And, and you know, I don't know if you know, but in Spain and countries like that, they have a siesta. They know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that huge fan right uh, we should introduce it to corporate america more <laughs> so. yeah i i do that almost every day uh, i'll take a nap after after lunch and perfect. uh yeah well, it's the best perfect i love that um and then another thing is that you also even though you need rest on a consistent basis you also this is because your root center is defined with a spleen you need to or it will do really well for you if you have some physical activity also on a consistent basis because mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure going from that the root center as the center for stress adrenaline this pulse to do things and that flows directly to, to the spleen which is a center for now and the well-being your immune system and all of that so the more you can keep that energy moving that will also serve you and it, it's for important for all of us humans but for you in particular it will be even um yeah, and particularly beneficial for you. That's that's good to know, and not one of my strengths. <laughs> um, I 
we just had our fifth baby, as I mentioned, and, and I hadn't done physical workouts or anything like that for, I mean, I, my whole schedule was out the window when the baby came and this week I just set the goal of just, just doing something. And so this morning before my dance party, uh, here in the office, I went for a walk around my block and it was pretty short, but just starting to get that physical activity. And so I'm glad you brought that up. That, that resonates with me as, as something that I should continue to Mm. put uh, effort towards because it, it does make a difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Um, and then let me just finish up because I, I don't like, I, I think I told you like we can talk about a child for like 10 hours, like that's sure. definite, but I, I think I said, I wanted to explain the two, four profile to you. And then I'll yes. ask that. And um, so the, the two, four profile, we call it the hermit opportunist. So what does that mean? The two line First of all, which is really funny, we also call it the dancer because you oh, were nice. dancing. So, uh -huh. like, so first of all, you are meant to be doing also for professionally what comes really easy to you, not necessarily what you learned in school or you had to study. It's just and and people often sometimes they also project things onto you like, oh, Jake, you should do this. You're so good at that, and you're kind of like you can do all the things, right? Like, if sure. you're, you're really good at many things, so. Here, always make sure you trust your sequel, what really lights you up. Like give yourself permission to do the thing. Like the podcasting probably comes very easy to you. You don't have to, for other people, it may be like very difficult. And um, so that's one of the things. And then the hermit, what that really means is that you need that alone time just to get away from the noise. And you also have some other elements in the chart. You have gate 40 as well, which is also about retreating and withdrawing and recharging. And that means like when you when you withdraw, you're on your hermit, it's not like you have to run away from everybody and be isolated. It's more about, you know, being away from the busyness of life. And maybe you want to read a book or study or do some self-care or the exercising or taking the nap and meditating, but kind of like withdrawing from the hustle and bustle of life. And when we can do this in a way we, we just like nourish ourselves without feeling like, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to get these things done. I have to reach out to people, right? What happens is you create, it's like a energetic vortex where people, they just are drawn to you. It's like magnetizing in a way. Yeah. And they're like, hey, Jay, what have you been up to? I want to know like, hey, I have this opportunity for here. What are you going you wanna to do, right? So opportunities come to you more from taking a step back and withdrawing and then people like they magically are magnetized to you and they come to you and then you get to respond and then your now your four line comes in the opportunist where and most likely it will be your close network and friends with a four line it's all about networking and your biggest opportunities they usually come from your close network and friends but they usually come to you because you are like, you know, you know, your magic, you know, your awesomeness. And like, they just, they kind of call you out into the opportunities. So it's a very beautiful, actually, way of living and doing business when we can surrender into it. But we have mostly learned the other way, right? We need to be doing and reaching out and making things happen. So um, it's that so like it's, it's a little bit more introvert the two line and the four is more extroverted so it's like 
we are both in a way and it's, fi it's finding that balance between. So how does that resonate? How does anything sound true for you? Not so much, what has been your experience? Yeah. Um, I have always thought of myself as an extrovert until recently. And I've found that there, you know, recently meaning maybe the last three years or so, mm. and just found that there's so much powerful, uh, there's so much power in taking time to be by myself um, and kind of use that to recharge. So is, is that what you're asking me? Like, do I, do I resonate with both introvert and extrovert? Cause the answer is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole like dynamic with a two line, like let things come to you and then you respond to them as opposed to like going out there and making things happen and that kind of. Yeah. Thing. See that, that, that one I'm, I'm not sure about because I take a lot of pride in getting out there and making things happen mm -hmm. and creating my own success and writing my own destiny and whatever other uh, cool phrases you want to use to describe that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, if I reflect on my life, I think the most meaningful or at least a lot of the more, more meaningful moments have just kind of come to me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think about my wife uh, I set out to find my wife and I was very aggressive in finding a wife. I had a plan I approached it like a sales plan. I was going to have, <laughs> you know, so many contacts, so many, you know, first dates and all these were leading to my wife, you know, to, to me finding my wife. Hmm. I set this goal of having 50 first dates, uh, in uh, a semester. At, at, at college of, you know, mm -hmm. basically 50 first dates in 16 weeks. That was the goal. Mm -hmm. And I, I reached that goal and I wasn't any closer to finding my wife. Mm -hmm. But when I um, focused on other things, I found that that relationship just kind of came to me. So maybe that's what you're, you're referring to there. I think in that situation, that was definitely not uh, an effort on my part. It was um, it was divine intervention, the universe, God yeah, directing somebody to me. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that story because, and I want to invite you to kind of keep that story in your mind. Like if how magical that happened, right. And how effortless that happened, that's how everything in life can be also in business. And in particular, also with your, when I look at your chart, like the way you manifest the best is letting go of any kind of specifics and just tuning into how you want to feel. So that's, I know, totally against of what we have been learning and I need uh -huh. to make it happen and I need to have a plan. And, and you have a very strong, actually, um, I think your incarnation process is called the, the right angle cross of planning. Um, but it's all about, yeah, just like, how do I want to feel in that relationship now as an example, or if you want to manifest something for your business, right? Maybe you want to build a team, like how do you want to feel in the team and then let it come to you. 
and and there's nothing even like you have it's very feminine energy in your chart in the way of like you know you you focus on how you want to feel and then you let it go you know there's no need to follow up for it just send it out let it come to you and it will most likely happen in the fastest way because the universe is like oh god is like okay he's ready finally he's not trying to do it this fixed way and i because we don't see when we have this fixed plan often we're so focused and, and by the way now your conscious son this is this energy the nine this is the most important of all energies in your chart it's the gate of focus so you can be a very focused person which is great but when you combine this with uh open yourself up to responsibilities lean back withdraw let the right things come to you and then you focus on that and response as opposed to like okay i want this these are my options these are the steps i have to take then life or oh god is kind of like okay let him try to figure it out but there's a way easier way and then we kind of trip and fall and we, we experience a lot of resistance and frustration like this didn't work a lot of effort right so and again i have from my own experiment with human design it's it's still sometimes so mind-blowing and then we make the totally unrealistic stuff happen because we let it come to us so interesting yeah there's i think there's a lot of truth there in in taking in not trying to force things uh, a certain way i also like the description that you used of kind of this tunnel vision mm. um yesterday i was talking to a friend and it was um the way she described it to me was we don't want to put god in a box right yeah. we don't want we don't want to say this is the result I'm looking for. God, give me this. It's saying, Hey, I want to feel this way. How can I feel this way? What are the options? Here's one option I have. Here are some other options. Um, you know, I go back to this goal of being, uh, you know, a CEO of a fortune 500 company. What I really wanted was to feel like I was making the world a better place and I was having a positive impact on the world. Yeah. And I thought that that was the way to do it. But when I take a step back and I expand my vision and say, God, you show me how I can feel this way or how I can have this impact, then that changes everything. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very powerful message to leave the listeners with, right? And, and for yourself to ponder on and yeah, just be more curious with how can you actually manifest so much more that's really your soul and your heart is calling for by by letting it come to you as you focus on how you want to feel yeah um, oh i like that a lot that's um that that is something very powerful to to ponder on yeah well said uh, yeah beautiful um so how how was that little mini human design dive for you yeah uh, it was it was really interesting to to kind of see these things that are parts of my life that are things that I'm pondering on things that I I want to work on and and that really resonate with me. Um, 
it was it was interesting to to see that it was it was a really fun experiment Awesome. I love that. Yeah. And you can go re-listen to this episode several times. It's recorded oh, yeah. for you. So um, I love that. And thank you so much for being open to that because it's, um, I think it can help so many people, you know, because I think I said in the beginning, because we, before we started recording, but the biggest market for human design is the people that don't know about it yet. Right. It's not sure. the people that already know because I have been saying since human design came my way, I want to get it out into the world, like globally to millions of people, because it's just, it all goes back to having more compassion for who we really are and actually seeing how brilliant and magical it is to be different from anybody else. And, you know, because everybody's, I think, especially kids are always like, yeah, but I don't want to be different. And I'm like, of course you want to be different, right? Yeah. Why would you want to be the same? You want yeah. to be different. Yeah, exactly. So yeah so again thank you so much for being open to that and what would be one final message or a piece of wisdom that you would like to leave the listeners with the thing that comes to mind is what we talked about at the very beginning and that is define success for you mm. it doesn't have to look like everyone else's success success for you could be you know, I mean, we, we see a lot of thought leaders and, and business um, uh, influencers talking about, you know, you got to own your own business. You need to, you know, the four hour work week, or you need to be able to travel all. There's so many different definitions out there of success, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not you. Maybe success for you is working in nine to five. Maybe success yeah. for you is being a school teacher. There is a profound love I have for school teachers wow. and the amount of good that they do in the world. And most people don't view that as professional success, but for them, that, that might be it. And, and hopefully for a lot of people, it is so that they can continue to teach. Mm. Um, but that would be my plea is to figure out and define success for you separate from what other people think you should be doing what the world, what Instagram tells you you should be doing, what uh, your parents or even your spouse or your children think that you should be doing. Those yeah. are important influences, but you need to figure out what your definition of success is. Yeah. And that is my favorite thing to work on with clients. And I think it is one of the most important things that we can do as an individual is, is figure out what our success looks like for ourselves. I love that so much. Um, and then if people are interested to get in touch with you, how can they find you or work with you? Great question. So I am tenaciouslyhuman.com is my website. Uh, you can find me there. Um, if you go there, you can get a free guide on, you know, five steps to finding wild professional success without sacrificing faith and family. Mm -hmm. And again, that's an interfaith, all spirituality. It's kind of all inclusive there. Um, you can get a free guide there. Uh, that's really helpful. The first step in that guide is figuring out who you are, which is a big part of our podcast here today. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, other way to reach me is social media. So Loveland underscore Jake mm -hmm. um, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you name awesome. it. I'm, I'm uh, well, yeah, I'm on those those main ones. So beautiful. So I'm gonna make sure I will drop that in the show notes. And yeah, please reach out to him, get in contact with him if you want to dive deeper with him. I also highly recommend his podcast. 
not only because I was on it, but it's, <laughs> I, I just love your energy. And I think it's just an important topic and probably going to um, listen into some of the other episodes as well. Um, and we're recording this right now. Today is the summer solstice, June 21st. It's 11.44 right. a.m. <laughs> so uh -huh. I love those numbers. Um, thank you, Jake, for being here. Again, thank you so much for being open, sharing your wisdom with me, with the audience, and making this big impact in the world by being you and following your heart's calling. So really appreciate you and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Anlinda. This was, this was awesome. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.